0: The redfish master got him. The redfish master got him.
1: I didn't like I had a bull red grab mine pick it up, I just shook it and got him off. You shook, <laughs> he got off, but you weren't happy about it. I wanted to fry meat.
2: Sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> I Man could come up for an excuse for anything boom what's up guys welcome to another episode of the speak the language podcast i hope i'm catching all of y'all on a good day and you are making your way through this crazy year as well as you can before we get into today's episode there's a few things i want to tell y'all about first primo's truth about hunting on outdoor channel there are new episodes airing now you can check those out sundays at 10 30 eastern tuesdays at seven o'clock eastern and saturdays at 11 eastern be sure to check those out new episodes secondly the primo's youtube channel if you haven't checked out primo's hunting on youtube you absolutely need to and i know we talk about this a lot but this is what y'all are always asking about y'all are always asking about when the shows are going to be uploaded on the channel well now every tuesday there are new episodes being uploaded so go to youtube type in primo's hunting find the channel check out everything we have available there we have the shows and then we have a whole lot of other stuff so don't sleep on that go and check that out and then primos.com if you haven't checked out the new video content we have on primos.com you are seriously missing out all you have to do is go to primos.com hover over the learning tab and in there you will see the primos truth web series go to that and check out all the content we have on there I promise we won't be disappointed so for today's episode we are wading into new territory We are talking with our friend Travis from Reeling Good Charters. We recently went on a speckled trout and red fishing trip way down in South Louisiana. Way, way, way down in the marshes where the world ends and the water starts. That's where we were. We had an incredible time. It was myself, Jordan, my dad, and Mr. Jimmy all went down there with Travis, uh, caught some fish, had a great time. But then we talked with Travis about the trip. We talked about some tactics, about how kind of the trout and the redfish operate really got some good insight out of it so i think you all enjoy it and lastly i want to give a huge shout out to drake performance fishing gear that is the stuff that all of us were wearing on this trip and i'm not lying it was hands down the best and most comfortable gear that i've ever worn so check those guys out at drakewaterfile.com enjoy the episode and welcome to another episode of the Speak the Language podcast. We are not in the office this week or in the studio. We are in... Where are we, Travis? We are in Terrio, Louisiana. I would have not said that right. Terrio? Yeah, I thought it was Theriot. Huh. Theriot. Take that mic. then that mic about like right there? Yeah, there Got you go. It. Much better. Terrio, Louisiana. And there's like, no lie, this, that was the best... Just come off the best speckled trout fishing trip i've ever been on
1: personally
2: yep so put them on us so travis i know i'm kind of like throwing you into this whole deal just kind of sink or swim but because i haven't told you anything about i mean you probably could assume we're talking about fishing but uh being this is a you know primo's hunting podcast we're always talking about hunting related to some degree you know but we get a lot of requests they're like especially during the summertime, like man talk about fishing and so you know obviously we want to to what our listeners want. And yeah, Jordan and I like mm-hmm. to fish.
1: And we just had to go get the first-hand experience so we'd have something to talk about. Yeah, you know?
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was work-related. work, work related. That's it. We went hunting for fish. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole premise behind this episode is, well, we can talk about the fishing we did today, um, but just kind of, I mean, you're the guy, obviously, when it comes to catching speckled trout and other things we did today, so if I we're probably just going to pick your brain a little bit on how we did, what we did, what your thought process was and what we were doing to catch them uh but first let's let's backtrack a little bit tell me a little bit about yourself how you ended up doing this for a living uh
0: so this year makes 12 years of uh guiding um I, I have born and raised on this bayou, and it's um, something I always had a passion of doing. My grandfather and my father uh, both were fishermen as well. Uh, not professional guides, but just uh, recreational, mm-hmm. and uh, something I always enjoyed doing. Um, so at one point, uh, 12 years ago, I decided to get licensed and uh, pursue uh, showing people what uh, I've, I've grown up to, to sure. know sure um you know i have people that come from all over the the world really to uh experience what was my backyard growing up so uh, that's kind of where it started um you know but again the heart of my business was basically to uh to have people experience what i have my entire life um Again, uh, this area, I was born and raised here, uh, and my family moved into uh, Homa, which was about 25 minutes away, and, and I grew up going to school there and so forth, but uh, still cut my teeth and, and
2: uh, did all fishing and hunting here. Mm-hmm. That's wild, man. So, like, well, to me, it's wild because, like, you, you drive down here, it's funny. You drive, and then you the, literally the road just ends. That's it. We then, are, we are at the end. And then it's just like by
0: you and marsh, you know? If you go too much further, you'll, uh, you'll have wet feet.
1: <laughs> as far as, like, I guess everybody kind of knows where Venice is in Louisiana. How, how far away from there?
0: Um, well probably about seventy five miles west. as the crow flies yeah, yeah, west. Gotcha.
1: I know it's the first time I'd ever been down in this part of the world, so Yeah, same. Everywhere I've ever fished in the marsh has been on the east side of Louisiana and mm. it's different. Different bushes yeah. and all kinds of stuff.
2: Yeah,
0: we have we have a lot of uh backwater here. Uh we do have a lot of a marshland. Uh so you your windier days you can still make a day of fishing, uh where it's not um as choppy or uh for anybody that would get seasick or anything like that. They're they're Areas that you can stay protected um, And still make a day of fishing So I mean this is what you do year round Correct? I mean This is it This is what I do year round Uh, This is about my fifth year um, Full time Uh, Prior to that I did civil engineering And um, I would fish And then work as well But um, it got to a point where it was just um, The fishing was dominating um, And I had to make a decision Gotcha. Which one do you like
1: more? <laughs>
2: I'll take fishing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not an easy. I don't think that's too easy of a uh, decision for him. I wouldn't think.
1: Yeah, no doubt. So,
2: so from you being out here like year round, and and is speckled trap mainly what you're always your key targeted species per se? It depends. It's really a client
0: what a client prefers uh some people like to chase speckled trout uh lots of people like to chase redfish mm-hmm. um and some people like a little bit of both
1: yeah um, I, I like and both. i think that works yeah
0: yeah that's i like both personally the, the
1: thing i like about coming to the marsh is you can always find some kind of fish that's biting that's right so, most of the time
0: yeah if you get tied if you get some tide movement uh you should be able to find something
1: I mean, you can find fish so Especially if you go somewhere like you, it knows where they're at most of the time. Yeah, that's, we, we try.
2: That's <laughs> we try. That was my, my my next question. So, someone that's like. That's out here doing this year-round like you are how like what is there a process for how you always kind of know where the fish are at is it a mix of like experience and just being here and doing it for so long or just kind of you're out here so much you kind of keep up with them so a lot of times what what will happen
0: with these fish um if you think about it like a pinwheel or a clock let's go for clock Mm -hmm. uh 12 o'clock being dead of the winter okay those fish will be pretty far in the marsh okay they come in they hunker down for the winter uh let's go to three o'clock which will be your spring fishing sure this fish will kind of move and transition out into the lakes and bays um well let's go to six o'clock where they'll be on spawn mode uh, which will be in the gulf of mexico Mm -hmm. so at six middle of the summer we'll be in the gulf um as we get back to nine o'clock Fall time, right? Those fish will start migrating back into the lakes and bays um, as their spawn is over, and they're kind of getting and preparing for their uh, winter. Sure. So back at twelve.
2: Do your winter. Do your tactics for actually fishing them change with that? Like you know, today we had mainly popping corks and a jig head with a what was on them? Some kind of a. Matrix shad. Yes,
0: we use a matrix shad under a cork today. Um, it does change, you know, if they're feeding heavy on shrimp. Uh, there are times I'll use, like, a tandem rig uh, matrix or a tandem rig soft plastic. Um, a lot of times I, I, what I do like about a popping cork is that it does stay in the strike zone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so uh, just as we saw today, you might get one strike. They miss it. They come right back, take it.
2: Yeah. Some of the fish I caught today, because thank God they'd miss it. Like or I would miss them three times and they'd give me a fourth shot. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> you know they're biting good when that happens.
2: That's the kind of bite I need to be able to catch fish.
1: <laughs> you miss one just leave it, leave it still a second pop it here it comes boom. Go, <laughs> yeah. hey
0: and look even today i mean we
2: had a, a few trout where a bull red will come and and eat it that made me so happy so so what happened we were at this was the last spot we were on and we had caught i don't know how many trout we caught there probably the majority of our limit was there maybe yeah we pulled up we had 50
0: uh, when we pulled up there yeah. so we caught a another we doubled our limit there yeah or, or doubled our what catch. we had yeah. Correct.
2: so they had uh we, we were catching trout and we see this big bull redfish come up and i think somebody is your dad yeah dad hooked him
1: mm-hmm. and he, he, he ate the
2: trout yeah, he ate the trout that Dad had hooked. It was like a like a one fish eating the other. <laughs> There's always a bigger fish. But uh, and so after that, I kept on. I don't know how many times I kept saying I was like I just wanted somebody to catch him because I, I don't I just like redfish, you know. And uh, I was out it out there. Court goes under, and I set the hook, thing, expecting it to be a trout. And as soon as I set that hook, I was like, that is not a trout. <laughs> <That> last <laughs> start, running laps around the boat trying to make sure he didn't get caught in the motor, the trolling motor, because I I know myself enough to know I'm prone for screwing up something good, and I was like, don't let him get off. I
0: like to call that the redfish shuffle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what you were doing.
1: Definitely shuffling.
2: That's the biggest redfish ever caught. I like it. Congratulations. Well, you know I mean? Took a good guide. He's a big one. He was big. Both of them. Both of them. Yeah. It was a... Uh, so, how, like... What in that? I don't know how to ask this question. Oh, yes, I do. So, we the spot we ended up at where as soon as we throw in there is obvious like, there's a lot of trout right there. What what are they doing? Like, why are they all stacked into that spot?
0: So, those fish were um sitting at a mouth of a canal or bayou. Mm-hmm. Uh, tide was falling. Um, at that point, um, you have shrimp coming out, you have bait fish coming out, and those fish are just sitting at that at the mouth of that bayou, mm-hmm. just gorging gotcha um you know which obviously as soon as we would put a bait out there we'd have a fish yeah
1: kind of like sitting at the small end of a funnel that's pretty much yeah yeah we
0: were were at the small end of a funnel and um the fish were there they got the memo
2: yeah which was great yeah it was great for every great for me or everybody in the boat
0: i just didn't um so tactic wise you know along the coast um or or anywhere even in the marsh when you have tide flow or, or tidal movement that, that moves around that bait, the shrimp, mm-hmm. so forth, um, and those fish will, you'll find them eating uh, better at those times. Usually, on if you have a slack tide or maybe not a whole lot of tidal movement, um, you know that's key to catching fish. Right. I always say no tide, no fish. Um, whether it's falling or incoming to me i just want it moving
2: yeah i remember you said that this morning because you said something about tide falling it was dad that asked goes is it is it is that a good thing or a bad thing you're like "As long as it's moving that's all i want
0: yeah i mean i I do fish places uh and different species on a maybe an incoming versus a falling. but uh for what we did today uh just as long as we have movement that's, that's really important um again you know where we finished up today um that water was just coming out of that marsh and and sucking everything along with it yeah and those fish knew it um you know there was no indication i mean i I just knew that that water would be coming out of those right um obviously fishing every day or every few days you know you can kind of stay on them too at like homework uh but you know to the average joe that that can't fish every day sure um you know, you just kind of got to go off of those things. You want water movement. Um, any kind of points, bayous that are, are funneling into to something else, uh, those are always good funnel points and, and places to try.
2: Yeah. It's kind of like the same. I remember we – we had uh we were interviewing bob walker one time about turkey hunting and his big thing is one of the be- biggest things bob's known for is guiding on a place called bent creek and he one of his biggest attributes for for success is he was there every single day so he could keep up with them. so that kind of sounds like a similar yeah, thing it's, it's homework yeah. it really
0: is homework um and, and and look there are days where they throw me for a curve uh you know obviously uh t- you know just with hunting sometimes and in, in fishing uh when you, you think you got them figured out, you're just starting. Um, you know, unfortunately, that does that is a real thing. And unfortunately, it's still fishing. There is still a reality yeah. to a fish biting um, in which we have no control over. So I learned that years ago. Uh, is that, you know, we can't make fish bite. No. Uh, we're, we're obviously not Jesus and can't make them uh, do those things. But, um, you know, we can keep trying and keep that effort going. Yeah. And then I also learned when a fish is biting, you can't make somebody catch one. <laughs> I'm sure you've it seen that. It just is what it is. I'm
2: sure you've seen that plenty of times in your experience. And look, those
0: those trips are really fun as well. Uh, you know, to, to the person that may not be the avid fisherman you know, five fish might be the most they've ever caught. Sure, yeah. So those those trips are pretty rewarding as well. Uh, so, it, you know, it doesn't take being, uh, you know, the bill dance of fishing to have a good time on these trips.
2: Yeah, well, that's one thing we talk about a lot when it comes to hunting or fishing, how you gauge success is relative to the person, you know. I that's mean, correct. Some person, I mean, there's those guys that probably think they have to catch a limit or it's not a good trip. Well, I mean, that's not the case. You yeah, know?
0: And, and, you know,
2: overall we try to sell an
0: experience sure you know i mean today i mean apart from fishing we had you know porpoises all over the boat and all around fish and you know i mean we, we got to see some really cool uh history of this area um you know so at the at the end of the day it's, it's more than just fishing yeah oh uh, you right. know it, it's a total umbrella experience and and you know that's what we try to sell as well
2: yeah
1: and yeah. I, I started the uh, first time i fished in the marsh was what three four years ago or something yeah. like that Five four, years yeah, ago yeah, maybe. yeah, four or five but uh i've just fell in love with it man like it's kind of hard not you to. could send me to the best bass lake in the country and you told me i had a chance to come down here and fish and i'd be like yeah. No, no, no I'll yeah, go to the marsh. It.
2: Same. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I was the same way because it was with our uh, guy that used to work with me and Jordan. His name was Ben Bredigan. He's the guy I went down there with first. And I was just so, because I, I had redfish before, but it was in Florida. And catching redfish in Florida, it's fun, but it's, it's completely different. You're not in stuff like this. And it just, blew me away it's like a whole other world down here there's
1: not a fishery in the whole world like the marshes of louisiana i don't think and i
0: I agree i mean i'm biased you know being born and raised here uh you know i always say there's no place like home Uh, obviously i've had the opportunity to to hunt and fish across the world um and and still there's still no place like home yeah you know and uh (laughs) it's just you know when you grow up and and you and you're used to to those things uh sometimes you can take it for granted yeah um and and then you see others come in that don't get to experience what i i do and what i have my entire life and it kind of
2: changes your perspective of how cool this area really is yeah well to your point so The first time I went down there with Ben, I can remember, like, when I came back, I was just like, that was incredible. Just absolutely awesome. And then after I made a few more trips, I thought back at it, and I was like, my first trip down to the marsh... We really didn't catch that many fish. I mean, we caught some, don't get me wrong, but we didn't, I mean, like, compared to today, what we did today, not even on the same scale. But I was just so taken aback by just the aesthetic of it, how everything looked. I'd never seen shrimp boats before. I'd never seen oyster boats. I'd never seen any of that. Yeah, we have plenty of those. Yeah, and so it was just like, it was like a whole other world, you know, and the, like, fishing birds. Like, we were watching birds today. That that blew my mind. Like, yeah, I, so...
0: uh you know, thinking about the birds, and we didn't really get to tap into them mm-hmm. uh, like I would I would like to. And obviously, it was just because we were catching fish off of them as well. But uh, so a lot of times, you know, that shrimp is what everything is looking for. Right from the people in the in the shrimp boat looking for them <laughs> to the fish chasing them up. And, and what will happen when those birds are diving? Those fish are pushing the shrimp up from the bottom, mm-hmm. and those birds are clobbering them from the top. The moral of the story it sucks to be the shrimp yeah (laughs) you got enemies on both ends fish want you people want you uh birds want you Uh, but those birds are always usually a a good indication of fish being underneath of them yeah kind of a tattletale in a sense
2: yeah (laughs) makes sense it does it was this is uh the first spot we fished this morning Explain that one to me. I know we were looking at like a, you were talking about the tide, and we were looking at, you could see kind of a line in the water where it would slack up. What, what was going on there? That's correct. So our first stop uh, is basically was a sandbar,
0: uh, and that sandbar was about 8 to 10 inches deep mm-hmm. of water. Uh, but as that sandbar ends, it dropped down to about 7 foot of water. Mm-hmm. So as that water was was flowing over the sandbar, Almost thinking about it as a dam in a sense sure that water flows over so does the bait and and food for fish mm-hmm. so those fish were hanging in that seven foot to the to the sandbar yeah and then as that water and those bait would come along, this fish could just gorge so it's kind of the same premise
2: as the spot we ended up just different correct just a different setup. just catching food as it spills over that's right trying to catch shrimp that's right it does suck to be a shrimp yeah it does now that you put it that way
1: (laughs) they're just here for food
2: apparently (laughs) i mean think about if you were just if you were born and you're a shrimp i've often wondered because i got that horn on their head or that little spike is there i wonder if there's ever been an instance where that helped them do anything Oh, no. I mean, I just can't picture it working. I know that's like a trivial question, but just, I mean, (laughs) look at (laughs) Think about the trout going at it. Maybe
1: against a smaller
2: or bigger What's he going to do with that horn? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) I just can't see it working. Oh, man. Well, I know one thing, Travis. We had an absolutely incredible time. Well, good. I'm I'm glad to have you guys down. And uh, I know, like, like my dad got to come. Me and him don't get to take too many trips like that dad had never been on like a sure enough speckled trout trip that was the first time for him well we broke him in good yeah i'd say so and J- jimmy i mean he told you about it some this morning that's what jimmy's family him and him and uh will both they used to do that growing up and so i don't know where exactly where the idea to do this came from i think it was jordan that had it, the initial jimmy. oh jimmy said he wanted to come fishing he said
1: jordan i want to go fishing i said yes sir i'll find somewhere <laughs> yeah.
2: so with that i mean it was and so yeah i mean you can't really say i couldn't i could find i could try as hard as i could to find something negative to say about today and uh, i don't think i could come up with anything a blast man absolute blast Definitely
0: was a good time, man, and it, and it couldn't happen to better people. Um, you know, the weather was right. We did get a, a little uh, wet here and there, but uh, it, it kind of was nice. That was just a cool down. That's it. Because it a, did get hot out there. But natural, was, you know. natural misting system. Yeah, yeah, for, natural
2: cool down.
1: For our speckled trout trip in August, you can't ask for better. That's right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: right. And, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I appreciate you.
2: And I, in pure blind luck fashion, am the only one that caught a bull red, so – uh I can hold that over everybody. That's you know it. what I mean. Like Jordan was talking a lot at the early part of the trip about how many many he was catching. Because
1: I was spanking y'all's butt.
2: How did that how did you end up though? Let's Still talk.
1: spanked everybody's butt.
0: Travis. Uh, uh, Alright, so this is gonna be the truth. Speckled trout, I had to give it to my boy across the table. But the bull reds, though. But the bull reds. The redfish master got him. The redfish master got him.
1: I didn't like. I had a bull red grab mine, pick it up. I just shook it and got him off. You should. He got off, <laughs> but
2: you weren't happy about it. You weren't happy about it. Okay, quick uh, before we go. I wanted to fry meat. Sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> Man, could come up for an excuse for anything. Uh, ha- where can people find you on uh, like Facebook and Instagram and all that?
0: Yeah. So Facebook, uh, you can find me. Uh, real and good charters uh so it's r-e-e-l-i-n good charters uh same as on the website um real uh also my phone number is 985-856-8167 uh captain travis lovell
2: the man knows what he's doing
1: lovell I thought it was Laval all this time. All
2: depends. I, it depends I, where are you from? This whole time, I thought we was in Theriot, and we in Theriot, You know what I mean? So
1: it was a good time, man. Yeah. Can't wait to do it again. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's for sure, guys. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. We finally did a fishing podcast, right? So, I mean, I think we make some people happy with
1: a professional.
2: With yeah, I mean, we couldn't. I couldn't. I mean, we could do a fishing <laughs> podcast with just me and Jordan, but it wouldn't really be any count. So, uh,
1: same outcome. Me smanking your
2: butt. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. I, my my redfish <laughs> weighed more than all your trout. Anyhow, that'll be it for today. As always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.